Here we are at the end of another lunar cycle, and this full moon in sidereal Leo will have some intensity around it. So let's talk about why, what you can do with the energy, yoga practices, and journal prompts as always. But first, I'd like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, friendly neighborhood yoga teacher training to become a yoga therapist and Vedic astrologer. So just a quick little caveat. I said sidereal Leo. So if you listen to a lot of popular astrologers on the internet, you might be hearing that the full moon is happening in a different sign. That's probably because that astrologer uses the tropical zodiac. I have an article on my website that's usually linked in the show notes or description um, where you can learn more about the differences between Western and Vedic astrology, or you can always just go to yogiscopes.com and click on articles. And there's one there that's called what is Vedic astrology. You can find it. There aren't that many articles and you can read more about it. You can go down a rabbit hole. You can read more about some of the other differences. I was just thinking about it this morning, actually, about how I wrote that article like two years ago or more. Um, And it just came up in my mind that like the houses between the systems are pretty similar and so are the signs. But Vedic astrology has a system called nakshatras that I guess Western astrology uses something called Dracana or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't really know that much about Western astrology. I'd only just started um, to want to learn more about astrology beyond the sun signs when I heard about Vedic astrology and I was already a yoga teacher. So I was like, well, of course I'm going to go that route. So instead of going down the Western astrology rabbit hole, I just never really did that beyond learning my rising and moon signs. Um, and before I switched to Vedic. So anyway, we're going to talk about the nakshatra where this full moon is happening in just a moment, which is Purva Falguni. But first, I wanted to tell you when the full moon is happening. It's tomorrow at 7.39 a.m. I think I told some folks that came to Moon Day that it would be at 1.39 a.m. I guess in my brain, that was a one not a seven. And now I'm looking at it in my notes. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me personally. I'm not the kind of person who's going to like know the exact time of the peak and be doing my ritual at exactly that moment. I have never been one to do that. And I'm sitting here giving you permission to not worry about it that much either. If it matters to you, fine. I don't want to take that away from you, but I personally don't take a very dogmatic approach. I was just telling folks in our moon day practice, which by the way, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash classes. Those happen every Monday. They're 30 minute gentle movement and then guided meditation um, practices and they're free slash donation based. So when you go to sign up, there's like a little thing. It says $1. Um, That's because I have to put some minimum price, but there is an option to check that you just don't want to pay at all. So I don't expect anybody to pay for those. They're open to the public. You get a recording sent automatically afterwards if you can't make it live. Too late for the full moon practice that happened this morning. Um, But just know for the future, highly recommend signing up for those. The people that experience the most success sign up for multiple weeks at a time because then it reminds you on your calendar and you'll get the emails and whatever. And so anyway, um, I was saying this morning, well, the reason I brought that up, I was saying this morning in our moon day practice that any moon phase lasts for about three days. So um, a full moon is a day and a half either side of whatever this peak moment is. So if it's happening Tuesday morning, 
um, Tuesday, March 7th. W depending on your time zone, it might be Monday night. It might be Tuesday afternoon. I don't know. But in Eastern Standard Time where I live, it's 7.39 a.m. So wherever you are in the world, doing a full moon ritual anytime between like Sunday and Wednesday will be fine. Like it will serve you just fine as if you were to do it at the moment of the full moon. Like if that really matters to you, cool. If you like to do things like put your crystals outside in the light of the full moon, like whatever, maybe you do it over Monday night, like that, the night that the peak is happening. That's why I always say when it is, but I just want to say that, like, I urge you to not be so dogmatic that it gets in the way of the point of the practice. Anyway, off that soapbox, Leo, you may know, like I was saying a minute ago, the signs between Western and Vedic astrology hold pretty much the same meanings. Like, if you're familiar with Leo in Western astrology, then you probably know what Leo represents in Vedic astrology, and that's like, you know, Leo is the flashy one of the zodiac, right? Leo um, is the natural fifth sign of the zodiac, meaning it holds some similar qualities or significations to the fifth house. And so that's a common um, misunderstanding I think I hear from people is that, oh, does that mean Leo rules over the fifth house? No, it doesn't unless you're an Aries rising, um, then it, then it does, but, um, it just means that they share some qualities, right? And those qualities are that it represents past life merit, past life karma, which, um, so that's called Purva Punya in Vedic astrology and Sanskrit, um, your past life merit, like things that you're naturally good at, things that you, uh, karmas you've worked through in a past life, so you're naturally good at them in this life, um, your natural gifts and talents, and also um, fifth house represents creativity, children, and romance. So I think of fifth house also kind of like second chakra, right? Like second chakra is where our reproductive organs are. It's also where our sense of creativity and femininity and tapping into that, um, yeah, like romance and, and Venus stuff, even though Leo is ruled by the sun. So we're going to talk about in a moment what all these other planets are doing that factor into this full moon. Like, um, so when you're analyzing anything that's happening astrologically, you want to think about the ruler of the sign, that where it's happening, the ruler of the nakshatra, what planets are involved, right? Are there any planets aspecting or conjunct with whatever event is happening? And so we're going to talk about all of those things for this full moon today. So we're going to go beyond just the qualities of Leo, right? But you know, probably, maybe if not, I'm telling you, the qualities of Leo are like flashy and, um, you know, Leos always get flack for being vain, right? Like being the vain ones of the Zodiac. So, so that's a more shadow side or like things that Leo, uh, might be made fun of. But with that in mind, there is this connection to like royalty, to the pride, like pride of a lion, right? Um, and luxury, right? That comes with royalty. So that, those qualities, also somewhat translate over to the nakshatra where this full moon is happening, and that's Purva Falguni, um, which translates to the former red one. So you may know that there are three sets of Uttara and Purva nakshatras, and so with each of those sets, they relate to each other, right? Like they're going to have some similar qualities 
you know, so the Uttara Falguni comes after Poro Falguni. Anyway, if you want to nerd out about that stuff, like, I'm happy to nerd out about it with you. The point, let me stick to the point, right? Um, Poro Falguni being the former red one. So that means Uttara Falguni is the latter red one, right? And so that's what it translates to, which to me, so... So I always bring up all these archetypes in astrology and I'm like that to, to illustrate to you where we get the meaning from, because that's what it is all based on symbols and stories to assign meaning to these areas of the sky, basically. So Purva Falguni is an area of the sky within the constellation of Leo. It's made up by a couple stars out of the constellation of Leo, um, and so to me, I'm always like analyzing. And when I hear former red one, I'm like, okay, that doesn't like mean anything to me, right? Um, when I hear that, so it also translates to a fig tree is another like thing it's been translated to. So figs, if you didn't know this, are these luscious fruits. If you've ever had an actual fig and not just like a fig Newton, I don't know. Um, they're really good. And they're luxurious and they're expensive because they're not necessarily very easy to grow. And so just keep that in your awareness while I also tell you that the symbol of this nakshatra is the front legs of a bed or um, also another like symbol I've heard is a fireplace. So like a hearth, if you think like the fireplace is like the, the heart of the home, right? Um, so the planetary ruler is Venus. And we know Venus governs over relationships, um, luxury, beauty, things like that, art, creativity. Um, and the ruling deity is Baga, who is the god of delight, or um, the deity ruling over fortune, prosperity, also sexual passion. So if you put all those together, the translation, you know, the fig thing, Venus... The energy of this nakshatra is very, um, it signifies rest, rejuvenation, pleasure, things like that. So that kind of stuff is on the mind. So if you wanted to take some time at this full moon to rest and rejuvenate yourself, to tap into what really brings you personal joy and pleasure and spend some time, you know, at the new and full moons, it's always a good time to kind of like the day of, or, you know, at least one day in that sort of three, four day span, one day in that week, even that's how not dogmatic about it. I am personally, um, as long as once a month, really twice a month for the new and full moon, you're taking a time to kind of like lay low, tap into that area of your chart, whatever house Leo governs over, um, so the full moon, uh, sign by sign is already loaded up in the membership. It's live. If you are a member and want to go see that, or you can go to yogiscopes.com slash membership, get access to it right now. So that'll be linked in the show notes too, but, or you can grab the chart decoder, which is free. You can always DIY it and try to figure out what house Leo governs over that worksheet will help you figure out which house. And then you can hit up Google and figure out what that house means. And you can figure out what area of life is being impacted for you related to this full moon. Um, but in general, this full moon is going to be examining your relationship with luxury, with comfort, taking time to rest and rejuvenate yourself. And so that's with, if you've seen, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're in the membership and you've already looked at the sign by sign, cause I use the same thumbnail for both things. Um, I don't put those on the podcast if it's just the regular thing on the podcast. If you listen on one of those apps, but, um, 
the image I chose was a hammock and I put the quote, learn to rest, not quit, which I Googled it and said, Banksy's the one that said that, you know, the, the spray paint artist. Anyway, um, maybe you can go down that Google rabbit hole to find, find out who really said that quote. Cause I'm never sure on Google these days. Um, it's like if you get tired, learn to rest instead of quit. That's what this nakshatra is kind of all about and what this full moon is all about. So at full moons, we take the time to release things that are no longer serving us, right? Like the, we're at the peak of the uh, lunar cycle. The only way to go from the full moon is down in terms of energy. The, the moon is now waning now. The moon is considered malefic when it's waning um, and, and benefic when it's waxing. So what that means basically is, is over the next two weeks, like you might start implementing some of the stuff over the waning moon phase, you might implement some of the stuff that you kind of come up with during your full moon practice. So that, let's talk about what your full moon practice might be. That's where we get to the yoga practices and journal prompts as always. But as promised, I want to talk about the other stuff influencing this full moon beyond just so so to get the meaning of any full moon, we would look at what sign and nakshatra it's happening in, but you also have to look at aspects and, you know, what the sun's doing. So in this case, the sun rules Leo, so that's it. We want to know what the sun's doing. The sun and the moon will either be together at a new moon or completely separate from each other on the opposite sides of the zodiac on a full moon, right? That's just always true. That's how it works. Um, thanks, astronomy, for the reason we know that. Um, so this full moon is receiving three really intense, prominent aspects, and those are from Saturn, Rahu, and Mars. So those are all three in different signs. Mars is in Taurus right now, but it's got its fourth aspect on Leo. Saturn is in Aquarius. It's got its seventh aspect on Leo, and Rahu is in Aries with its fifth aspect on Leo. So, um that's intense. It, and so Saturn has to do with like our foundations. Um, Saturn just moved to Aquarius in January. So, um, you might notice that this area, Leo, the, if you're a Leo rising or moon or the Leo area of your chart, regardless has probably been feeling the effects. And so you can also check the Saturn sign by sign for your rising or moon sign to read more about what that would be like. You can refer back to that. Um, but then Mars, so Rahu and Mars aspect on Leo is bringing another very intense energy. So Rahu can bring kind of like unpredictable events, obsession, right? Mars can bring this like drive and ambition, and that can be a good thing, right? Um, especially to deal, to deal with any challenges brought up by Saturn and or Rahu. Um, and so Porva Falguni, I mentioned, is ruled by Venus. And Venus is currently exalted, right? So that's a good thing for the nakshatra. That's a good thing for the moon. That eases the energy a little bit from that intensity of those three very intense aspects that the moon is receiving um, where it is in Leo. But I also wanted to point out that Venus will go retrograde in Leo later this year. And so I'm planning to do an episode next week um, where we talk a little bit more about some of the um, longer term transits this year. So 
I was going to do it the week that Rahu moved to Ashwini, which was February 20th. Yeah, it was the last new moon. Um, but my kids have been sick for two weeks. So, and today's the first day. Fingers crossed everybody's back at daycare. Fingers crossed I don't get any phone calls. Actually, I already did get a phone call, an email saying I have to pick them up like an hour or two earlier than I was going to. So I'll take what I can get. Anyway, here I am. Um, but that's, that's my life. So the episode will go out next week and it will actually only be even more jam packed with information because I planned it for that week and I had some notes and I've only been adding to my notes and it's too much to cover right now. Um, it's to do with what Rahu and K2 are doing for the rest of the year, how Jupiter will play a role, Venus retrograde, but just know right now that at this full moon, it's important for you to know that Venus will retrograde in Leo and Cancer, but it will start its retrograde in Leo in July of this year. Um, so if relationships are on the mind right now, um, they might be feeling a little bit sweeter because of Venus being exalted. That's good. Um, good news for relationships. And especially with Jupiter there, I think that's fine. Like I've heard some other astrologers talking about how Venus and Jupiter are enemies, whatever. Um, I don't really like play into that fear-based language personally myself. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a good thing. Right. Um, in my opinion. And you know, that's what any astrologer is, is doing is their opinion based on their observations. And I'm telling you, I think it's okay. Um, even though they are technically enemies, according to ancient mythology, Vedic mythology. Um, anyway, Venus will retrograde later this year. And so that could be a challenging time for relationships, especially, um, if you are, hmm, no, we'll go there when we go there. I'm going to just retract that statement and we'll talk about Venus retrograde when we get there. Sorry. Um, but, uh, I just think right now, if you if you know, if you have some inkling that relationships in your life could use a little help, a little work, a little more of your attention, especially the way you show up in a relationship, this full moon is a good time to consider that given that it's happening in a Venus ruled nakshatra. Um, and then also the sun, which is in Aquarius opposing the new moon, you know, sun, or I mean the full moon, I apologize. The sun and the moon are always responsible for new and full moons, right? Like we always have to care about what the sun's doing. The sun is making Saturn and Mercury combust right now. And so, uh, that could just be a little challenging when it comes to communication. It could be, um, it could be that this full moon is kind of marking the end of a cycle. Like the, the very foundations of your life could feel like they're shifting right at this, this full moon. So that's big. It's a big deal, this full moon. Um, and so with that in mind, um, this full moon might feel like the beginning of a new chapter. Um, and <laughs> I wrote in my notes, okay. Um, I, I would love if some of y'all are like of my generation and you find this as funny as I do, but every new beginning is some other beginnings end. I wrote it in my notes just like that. I was singing closing time while I typed it out in my notes. Um, so just keep that in mind. This, 
a full moon is always to some degree a closing of a chapter. It's the sort of closing of a lunar cycle. It's marking the the downward slope of the lunar cycle, whereas the new moon is the new beginning of a new cycle, right? So to some degree, a full moon is always the end of a cycle. Um, but this full moon, I would think you might look back on this time and be like, wow, that's when things really shifted. Uh, you might feel like you're moving into a next level of healing. I shared a meme about that in the yoga memes, Facebook group yesterday. Um, and so that's why I say learn to rest, not to quit. If you are on some like grander pursuit in life and you're like, oh no, I don't want the foundations of my, what I'm doing to just completely shift right now. Like I mentioned with this whole Saturn thing going on, aspecting this full moon. Um, if with the sun being with Mercury, which granted the sun is often with Mercury during a full moon, it's common it happens a lot because the sun and Mercury are never more than like a sign away from each other. So the odds of them being in the same sign at the time of the full moon or new moon for that matter are pretty good, right? Because they're frequently in the same sign. But um, with the full moon also receiving Mars aspect and the fact that Saturn is there with the sun and Mercury, um, the energy that that brings is if you've been pondering something for a while and thinking of taking action, thinking of doing it, like, uh, I want to do it, but I don't think I'm going to do it. But if you need like the courage that this full moon is a good time to set that in motion. So I know normally full moons, we're talking about ending, we're talking about letting go, but with that, like that closing time quote, every new beginning is some other beginnings end, right? Like, what is ending so that you can step into this new cycle um, in a new way, right? So that's kind of what I talked about on the March Outlook. We have all these planets trickling into Pisces this month, and we will have, you know, Jupiter's there. We have um, Venus will move to Aries next week where um, Rahu is, and Jupiter will move next month. So we're, we're headed towards new cycles, you know, Saturn just moved to a new cycle. This year is all about like new and fresh energy. And so this full moon is just another chance to kind of shed parts of you that are getting in the way of fully stepping into that new cycle. So we'll talk more about that in the journal prompts, um, about how to like do that in a more beautiful way, in a more intentional way. That's why I share the journal prompts that I do so that you can be intentional, but just quick recap um, this full moon is all about connecting to your expression, what makes you feel delighted and luxurious, what's your definition of success. It might also be a time to really find deep connection in relationships, um, and just be mindful of communication, Mercury's combust, um, if you needed that little extra oomph to like say something you've been scared to say, do something you've been scared to do, this full moon could be a good time to plot that. I say plot that because like I said, like I hope you take a day or so to, uh, or at least like an hour or two to do a ritual, do a yoga practice. Um, they'll be loaded in the membership. You could join us on Wednesday morning and get the, the replay afterwards. If you want to do that, that would serve as a ritual take some time to journal, be intentional. But then 
I don't want to just say plot it because that's that would factor into that energy of like if you've been too scared to do something and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to think about what I'm going to do. No, like actually do it, right? Um, use the energy of this while the moon is in Leo to set some things into motion. So the yoga practices, um, we'll be doing these on Wednesday in the Yogi Scopes flow. You can drop into that or it's uh, included in membership. Um, connect to your solar plexus chakra because... The sun, you know, Leo is ruled by the sun, and um, this new full moon is all about, like, what makes you feel expressed, what makes you, um, what do you want to be known for in this lifetime, like, um, that's, that's third chakra, what, can you tap into the oomph to do it, can you tap into your inner Agni, right, and so how you do that in a physical sense would be, like, maybe core work, we did some, um, kind of rib cage movements because it's like belly dancing almost. And sometimes I get students that like think it's a little silly. I can see them looking around the room when I teach in person. Um, and they're just like, uh, this is weird. Right. But I do, I teach that because for one thing, like do, do it. If it feels weird, good. That might make you feel more expressed. And for another, with a lot of core work, I see people doing substituted movements where, um, some other muscle like their hip flexors or even like low back muscles are taking over for the movement. And I'm like, great, you're doing the movement and it looks great, but like you probably have low back pain because your deep core is not doing any of this work. And with those rib cage movements we did in our practice this morning and moon day, we will do them again on Wednesday. Um, it's impossible to fake to, to keep your hips and shoulders fixed and just move your rib cage around like that. Um, so to some degree, your shoulders will move a little bit, but you don't want to move your hips. So if you can just move your rib cage in relation to your hips, um, your deep core has to do that. Like there's no other muscles that can take that over for you except for core muscles. So that's what we'll explore on Wednesday. Um, and then also expressive movement. Like I was saying with those, um, kind of rib cage circles, it's very reminiscent of belly dancing and that can feel like a little overly expressive to some people. And to that, I say, good, get used to it, get used to expressing yourself. Um, learn to feel safe expressing yourself, right? Like that's what this full moon is kind of all about. And so with that, the journal prompts are, what do I want to be recognized for like in this lifetime? Or what do I want to be known as? And is this a pure expression of my deepest self? So just a caveat for that, um, for folks in the membership too, that we explored that on moon day for Mars in Margashira. You can go back and look in the moon day recordings for that, for a guided meditation, um, related to, um, sort of like, what do you want your life's work to be? Um, and how, and can you bring that into like daily action now that is coming up again at this full moon? Um, but then also, is this the purest expression of my deepest self? That question is a biggie and I know that's hard. Um, and that's what I find a lot of people come to like astrology readings or the membership or just astrology in general because they're like, I don't know. Or like, I want to get more in touch with my Dharma and I have no idea how to like even begin to sort that out. And then you look at your chart and there's just so much stuff and everything in your chart is kind of in a way connected to your dharma, right? Um, 
And I'm happy to answer your questions and be here to support you in figuring that out, whether that's through a reading, through the membership. You could just email me with a couple general questions. I, I like to answer them um, to the degree that I can and have time. Um, but I just want to empower you, especially at this full moon in Leo, to know that you are the expert in you and the breadcrumbs from the universe are there in your chart. And just try not to overthink it. Try not to worry too much about um, what somebody else's view of it is. You know, it's, it's helpful to have somebody to reflect back to you. And that's what I would do in a reading or in the membership. But um, you're the expert and you, you know somewhere deep down. And the process is just to uncover it, what your deepest self is. Like, you know. And so... I hope you continue to use astrology and yoga to explore that, keep it uncovered, keep it at the forefront of your awareness so that when crazy weird life stuff happens, you can keep on the path. So remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.